We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hello everyone, welcome along to another special edition of Rotoviz Radio. This edition covering the NFL Draft in the NFL Draft Preview Series and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's show as we look at the NFC South and I'm going to be joined in a couple of moments by Greg Oman of The Athletic and we're going to be talking to him about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the rest of that division. In this series we have been talking about the eight divisions, 32 teams, eight reporters and eight separate podcasts as we get close to the NFL Draft which is just just over one week away, possibly less than that by the time you're listening to the show. We'll be covering the team needs, free agency, draft rumors, pretty much everything you need to know between now and day one of the NFL draft. Today, as I mentioned, it is the NFC South, and we're going to be talking to Greg Oman of The Athletic. We'll be talking to him about mostly Buccaneers, but along with the other teams too. Then I will be breaking down some of the other teams separately afterwards myself. Of course, be sure you're following Greg on Twitter at Greg Oman for all the latest news on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and some other fascinating insights from around the NFL. Before we jump on and get into everything with the guests, I want to remind you that as a loyal Rotoviz Radio listener, you can get a 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage. That is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. That subscription gives you unlimited access to all our premium NFL content and tools. And best of all, it helps support the pod. Once again, that is a 30% discount through the Rotoviz NFL podcast page. That is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. All right, now let's get to Greg.
Joining me now on the show is Greg Oman of The Athletic. He covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for them and uh, obviously does a great job at it. Uh, I urge you to follow him on Twitter at Greg Oman. Greg, when we look back at last season and we look at the NFC South, obviously we know what happened with the Saints and uh, the Rams and how they kind of got a little bit robbed in the NFC title game. But the the other teams in the division kind of had a, a down year. The Panthers started off strong and then faded away. The uh, the Falcons, on the other hand, just didn't really have a good year. And the same could be kind of said for the Buccaneers. But when you look back at 2019, what's your kind of lasting memory of the d- division? Is it just how dominant the Saints were? Or was it how poor the other teams in the division uh, finished down the stretch overall? No, I mean, I think the Saints had the division, absolutely. I mean, you go back and, and you know the Bucks went to New Orleans and won in week one, which is funny. Um, seeing as how their seasons worked out. But no, it was absolutely the Saints uh, division and, and owned it and, and dominated it. You know, I think Atlanta at least gets a little bit of an asterisk just because their defense took so many injuries, um, was really a, a depleted unit for much of the year. So I think they would have been better than that had they been at full strength. You know, Carolina, um, I think you have a little bit of question marks now just because we don't know about Cam Newton and what his health status is going to be. Uh, yeah, but but much more so than a year ago. I, I think there's an overwhelming favorite with New Orleans and having so much back and, and the urgency of, of trying to win another championship while Drew Brees is still there. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned there the, the obviously the result um, back in week one. And then if you look at the, the Saints almost lost to the Browns then, I think it was week two or three. So it, it was a strange start to the season for the Saints, but they, they obviously progressed a lot then after uh, that point. Uh, when we look at it then, obviously the biggest change, I guess, in this division is the change of head coach for the Buccaneers. And we obviously have a situation where Bruce Arians has come out of retirement, um, you know, and he had mentioned that it wasn't something he was looking to do. But what has the thoughts been on Arians, uh, obviously, been named the head coach and, and now the atmosphere around the team how have things changed around the books in the last couple of months yeah i mean i think um it's more outward right now i mean i think it's just what you see in terms of fans and the perception but i think there's certainly um an optimism um you know i think bruce arians comes in with more of a reputation um than dirk cutter did or, or even lovey smith probably a little bit like lovey when he came in but i think the fact that he's won the fact that he's turned um, a franchise with very little postseason history around as it did in Arizona, um, winning 10 plus games three years in a row. Uh, the Bucks would be very happy if the same kind of thing happened here. You know, he's, he's one of the oldest coaches in the NFL. Um, so you don't know how long things will last, but I mean, the Bucks have, have had relatively short histories with their head coaches in the last decade, and it has nothing to do with age. So if, if, they get to the point where he's moving on because he wants to retire. That's much better than what they've done with much younger coaches here the last uh, four times out. So I think, um, you know, I think there's an excitement about Arians just because he has such a history with developing and cultivating young quarterbacks. Um, you go back to Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and Andrew Luck um, was very involved with them at key points early on in their career. Um, you know, Winston is in his fifth season, but he's still, uh, only 25 years old, so I think there's there's much of the same hope that that he can develop Winston in a way that that probably Dirk Cutter was not able to in, in the last four years. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. You mentioned all the way back to his time in Pittsburgh, and then of course he was uh, with with the Colts with Andrew Luck, and then obviously uh, how strong Carson Palmer finished his career with Bruce Arians there. So when you look at this team, I think we're we're looking at it in last year with the situation where the quarterback was changing, flipping and flopping, and the the team. If you look at it from an offensive point of view, they were all, all, always one of the most offensive teams in the league in terms of explosive numbers. But it was so inconsistent because of the quarterback position change, and there was no real direction. But now, obviously, have a situation where there was talk of what would they do with Winston now we we kind of have it set in stone that he's going to be the starting quarterback for 2019 what's the long-term perspective is it still a wait-and-see approach with what we can expect with Jameis you know turnovers have been a major issue for him but now Arians is there this this kind of seems like make or break for Jameis with with Bruce Arians yeah no it definitely is um he's in his fifth year option so he's a good deal more expensive than he's been um he'll make about 21 million dollars this year um and yeah, to, to, to all extent, he has a chance to either set himself up for what would be a, a long-term contract, you know, one of these $100 million type deals, uh, or, or maybe have, have a point where the franchise moves on. Um, I mean, there's some people that wonder if that might happen already, um, but the Bucks were very public about being married to Winston before they'd even named a coach. We had kind of wondered if they would uh, wait and see and let the new coach decide if, if he still had the same confidence in Jameis or wanted to go another direction. Uh, but no, they're they're very tied to him for this year, um, and the hope would be that he can take enough of a step forward where they they give him another contract. They've never had a quarterback get to a second contract here in Tampa in their history, which is crazy. Um, but Winston, you know, already has some of the franchise's career passing records, and he's only 25 years old. So, as you said, the the limiting factor for him has been turnovers and interceptions, um, and he's worked to try and get better at that. Um, I think showed a little bit of that in the latter half of last season the, when he got back the starting job in the last five or six games. Uh, but that's going to be the, the question mark for him. But once he can um, improve in that area and just be a more efficient quarterback, uh, that will help translate to the wins that, that have been lacking for him as well. Yeah, and we'll talk in just a moment about the kind of key areas that need mainly on the defensive side of the ball for the team. But when you look at quarterback and you look at the NFL draft, do you think with it being that kind of still one year situation, and we could be looking to two years or next off season where they need a quarterback if it doesn't work out for Winston? Do you think there's a possibility they they do draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft? If they did, I think it would just be as a, a late round type thing. Um, you, you'll hear the, the talk that I mean, if, if the Bucks are picking at five, and for whatever reason none of the quarterbacks go in the top four, um, you know, you'd be tempted to, to look at a guy like Murray or, or Haskins or whoever they like there. But I think publicly they've been so behind Winston it would be uh, quite a convincing smokescreen to go through everything they've gone through uh, in the last four months and then, and then go to another quarterback. So I think given the commitment, what they're paying Winston, it doesn't make a lot of sense to put a, a high draft asset into drafting what you would hope would be a backup. So um, they've brought in Blaine Gabbert. They have their backup, one of their backups from last year back as well. So I think right now, if they were to, it would just be a case where they identified somebody they really like as a long-term prospect, um, maybe a throw a sixth or seventh rounder there. I, I really don't expect even that, to be honest. It's a position that they're they're kind of all in, chips at the middle of the table with Winston. Yeah, I think it's one of those situations that you, they'll just take a hit on it if it doesn't work out, and they'll just have to. There's no point in investing a, a draft pick of relative importance, and then he turns out to have a great year. They sign him to a long term extension, so that doesn't make a. Yeah, and, and next year, next year's free agent class actually has a fair amount of quarterbacks. It, it's been a kind of a dry couple of years where there's not a lot of quarterbacks that get to hit the open market. Um, 
and there there should be a decent amount this this next spring coming, um, whether they want to go and, and take a quarterback in the draft or if they want to just find a stopgap that's a, a veteran like Winston would be. Uh, they'll have options there a year from now. Yeah, if we jump to the defensive side of the ball, I think a lot of the expectation is for the picks to go kind of towards the the defensive side of the ball. Um, do you expect that that's somewhere where they really, really do impact in terms of their draft uh, capital this year? Like the the defense last year uh, allowed the second most points per game uh, last season. I mentioned how the offense it wasn't that they failed to put up points; it was that they they also failed to stop points going in from the opposite side. So, do you expect the majority of those kind of opening four rounds to to go towards the the defensive side of the ball yeah absolutely i think there'll be a strong defensive tilt to this draft especially like you said the first couple of rounds uh, they were a historically bad defense last year um got a little bit better in the second half of the year and in doing so avoided all-time records in terms of points allowed yards allowed all those kind of things um still dreadfully bad i think second worst all-time in terms of uh, opponent passer rating and opponent completion percentage um, got a little bit better in their pass rush, but not much. So yeah, this, this very much is a defense that's still in need of improvement. Um, I think they hope that having Todd Bowles here as the defensive coordinator will help that from a scheme standpoint, from a, um, an approach standpoint, but the personnel has to get better. So uh, I would think two of the first three picks almost certainly will be def- defensive players, um, especially up front. Um, to pick five and have the depth that you have at the top of this draft in terms of talented defensive linemen. I think they would love to have a Quinnen Williams or a Josh Allen fall to them. I do think they like Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, very much. They have a hole at inside linebacker because Quan Alexander left to go to the 49ers. Um, so that would make sense. Number five is a little bit high for an off ball for an inside linebacker. Um, but they like him a lot. Um, I, I fully expect that top pick to be a defensive pick, and it wouldn't surprise me if if either or both of the second and third round picks are defensive as well. Yeah, that's kind of the way I think it'll go. And you mentioned the guys that they might hope to drop to them at, at five. That they might just might be gone at that stage. And I kind of have Devin White penciled in their linebacker. But I think they would really jump at the other two guys if that opportunity did provide itself to them. Um, is, is there any other key areas um, on that defensive side of the ball you really think they, they should go heavily after? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, safety is a position you see a lot of people talk about. They've put a fair amount of high draft picks into safety. They have two second-rounders and a fourth-rounder among their their top young safeties. Uh, But again, you don't know what the the new coaching staff thinks of them. I think Todd Bowles has always liked to have um, versatile safeties that can be used both in blitzing and in coverage. Um, And I don't know if they have that on the roster. So that would be a possibility. They've certainly brought in a lot of safeties that would be second- or third-round types. Um, they seem content to go with Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargraves as their outside corners. Uh, I think Tubbles definitely likes to have um, corners that he has confidence in being able to handle themselves in man press coverage to lead the rest of the defense to be fairly versatile and move things around. Um, but right now, at least, it seems like that's the plan, that they probably will draft a nickel corner at some point um, to kind of improve things in the slot there and what they do with that. But no, they'll, they'll be, like I said, it's, They've got seven draft picks, and if five of them are on defense, that would seem about right for me. 
Yeah, and when you look around this division, um, it, it's basically a case where most of the offenses uh, in this division are, pre- are pretty good, but the, it's the defensive side of the ball I think a lot of them are going to be targeting. So we could see a lot of you know t- players here that the Bucks might want that the the uh, like the the Falcons are going for or something like that. There could be a lot of competition between those teams. So it'll be interesting to see the movement on draft day. But when we look at this team, uh, it, it is kind of well stocked at the skills position. You know, you have Mike Evans, you have Godwin, you have OJ Howard. Uh, the team, as I mentioned already, did lack direction, couldn't really run the ball, but we've seen reports coming out over the last couple of days with uh, Bucks GM Jason Light talking about Ronald Jones, and obviously last year was a massive disappointment for him being picked in the second round. He was inactive a couple of days as a healthy scratch. Uh, he had 77 yards and 30 touches and was sitting behind Peyton Barber and Jaquez Rogers most of the season. Uh, what's your thoughts? Are you putting stock into this could be a big step forward for Jones or is it a wait and see approach you know in terms of what we're being filled in here with with the Bucks and, and their outgoing media yeah uh, it's one of those where they've been going out of their way to praise not only Jones but Peyton Barber as well um, those are probably two of the most praised individuals they've had this spring so it would be odd to do that just to throw people off the scent of them taking maybe a running back in the second round or something like that um, you'll see people that'll say, no, I think Bruce Arians is going to get a running back. He's always had uh, a dominant running back to take the pressure off of his quarterbacks. You go back to what David Johnson gave him in Arizona, um, what those Steelers teams had in terms of solid running backs. So it wouldn't surprise me, but like I said, their their rhetoric has been that, wow, Peyton Barber is the kind of running back you can build around. Um, you know, They just need to get better at blocking, if you will. So right now, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they drafted it back. I, I don't know that it, I would expect one to be a prominent pick. If it were a third-day pick, uh, a fifth or a sixth rounder, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and obviously if it's that, they're they're likely to not be challenging for the starter. But outside of, outside of Jones um, and Barber, which of those do you expect to be the starter come, come week one? I still think Barber right now. I mean, Jones, was, like you said, was barely getting himself dressed on Sundays. So... Um, I think a change of coaching, a change of offense could help him. Um, you know, you go back to USC, he had all kinds of production and big play threat in college. We just saw none of that in, in the preseason, in the regular season, at any point in his rookie year. So it would be a, a sea change for him to to become a guy that even gets into a, a, a platoon, a 50-50 split with Peyton Barber. That would be a big step forward. But again, um, they're excited by what they see and again right now it's shorts and no pads and <laughs> april practices where guys can look really good but no though there's optimism that he can get back to at least being the kind of guy they thought he was when they drafted him yeah it's it's crazy to think a second round pick with the you know the limited opportunities he had last year heading into this year would be if he, if he doesn't uh, have much production this year to be one of the the biggest kind of misses in the second round over the the last couple of draft classes but uh, greg i'll let you i'll let it finish up with that it's been great having you on lots of good information and uh, looking forward to seeing what the bucks do in this upcoming draft thank you greg oh no thank you uh, enjoy this and hope we can do it again Once again, many thanks to Greg for jumping aboard the show. Make sure you do follow him on Twitter at Greg Oman. Some fantastic news and information that he can break uh, all around the NFL, including uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who he covers, as we mentioned there, for The Athletic. 
Um, looking through the rest of the team, some of these bits I may have skimmed over as we touched on them with Greg, but you know, looking around it, I guess we'll have to look at the, the Saints who have obviously dominated uh, this division over the last uh, year or so. Obviously, we can look back to that call in the, the a- a- NFC Championship where the Rams eventually got to the Super Bowl and the, the blow and non-call, and obviously we know what has gone on since that with replays and things. Um, so it's it, it's obviously a difficult pill to swallow for New Orleans Saints fans, but the team is very well positioned in terms of what they have got going on heading into next season. Now, the big concern for them would be that one draft pick that they do have heading into those opening four rounds you know we're looking at some teams with a stockpile the Patriots are well stocked up the Packers have quite a good stock of draft picks but the Saints of course did trade away that first round pick to the Packers last season so they have their opening pick in those first four rounds is in round two pick number 62 and you know I would probably look at probably going towards the secondary maybe to fill that out on the offensive side of the ball they're pretty well uh, equipped you know we could look at the tight end position but I think when you look over it in general from the depth chart you know wide receivers pretty pretty good quarterbacks settled uh, at least for this year obviously and um, you know the long term then we can look about what they can do after Drew Brees but um, you know with Brees at the, the helm they're going to be going at uh, one season at a time and I think they're going to go with him obviously if Kamara had running back so pretty well set up there the running backs uh, obviously performed quite well last year behind that offensive line so I think we're going to look at that pick likely going on the defensive side of the ball but if there's somebody who you can never really decide uh, that he has enough offense that could be Sean Payton so we'll see where they go with that pick the team did also again Jared Cook and I did mention obviously the tight end position so you know, I guess you can say that maybe the tight end, but it's definitely an upgrade in what they've had over the last couple of years at the tight end position. They really have never been able to replace Jimmy Graham after he went. So uh, I guess former Packer tight end Jared Cook down in New Orleans now and former Saints tight end Jimmy Graham still up with the Packers in Green Bay. So uh, a little bit of musical chairs going on, but we'll see how Cook does down there. Um, but when we're looking at it from a draft perspective, maybe looking later on in the draft at uh, possibly a tight end to be able to bring through for the future. But I do think it has to be uh, like, um, you know something on the defensive side of the ball if you look at their secondary uh, we all know how good Marshawn Lattimore is but outside of that at that secondary level um, it hasn't it hasn't really been anything else um, you know to, to write home about so that's why I think we're going to probably see them going cornerback and a pick could be going their way maybe somebody like a, a Trayvon Mullen um, at pick 62 could be something you could also see them possibly trade back maybe try and pick up maybe two third round picks or something to that effect to try and bulk up in those four rounds because uh, one pick in the opening four rounds does make it a little bit tougher to try and uh, you know elevate this roster but again uh, taking in the tight end and free agency and then obviously we know the other weapons that I mentioned already I think uh, the Saints are still the team to beat in this division but looking at all things considered draft day um, will be will be not all that interesting for them on the first day we'll see what happens day two day three how they get involved but I don't expect a huge amount of stuff to uh, change on this roster over the draft period this episode is brought to you by decoy wines of Sonoma California as you gather with family and friends this summer experience the best of wine country with decoy by Duckhorn Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. 
It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. And of course, I guess with the team winning the division, almost getting to the Super Bowl, they're just trying to get over that final hump. Can they keep the team together? That's kind of the key here. But when you look at the other teams in the division, they're the teams that really need to make that jump up and try and get involved and try and make the step up to be able to challenge the Saints, as I, as I mentioned with Greg. So when you look down at, like, let's look at the Panthers. Um, obviously, Cam Newton' uh, shoulder injury has you know developed over the last kind of few few months to a year, and he, he off obviously gets quite a, quite a bit of a beating, and it makes it very tough for him to sustain. Then uh, you know the the entire sixteen game sample size of a, of a season uh, and then obviously if they were to make it to the playoffs but uh, they had a 6-2 and two start looking pretty good but they did have a collapse down the stretch 1-7 and seven, um, and obviously that there was a lot of it down to Cam Newton's injury um, quite a few changes at the quarterback position uh, throughout that time but they they really failed to deliver, they had a couple of games where they were up big, I remember the game against the, the Seahawks, they blew it late um, Christian McCaffrey did have some monster games last year but a lot of them came in that 1-7 and seven stretch as well so We'll see how the Panthers can bounce back. Um, they are a team who, on their best day, can really compete with anyone, but then they have other days in between where it's just uh, really hard to hard to figure out what's going on. So I thought they were pretty talented. There was quite a few off the, the road of his uh, kind of favourites, and I know I've talked on the podcast with Sean about quite a few of the different players, you know, at the wide receiver position, the younger guys there. You know, somebody like DJ Moore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel there as well. When you look through it, those are the two guys I really like. Um, you know, then the rest of the roster's made up with, you know, uh, Chris Hogan signed recently. But it's the other guys that I'd be more interested in um, looking around at. Ian Thomas, a young athletic tight end. Can he make the next step forward? You're really looking at Cam Newton and, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, where it goes from there. So I could see possibly them looking to uh, you know strengthen a little bit behind McCaffrey with a, a kind of later round pick to try and fill that slot I think they're probably looking at what they're doing with wide receiver with you know Samuel Hogan and DJ Moore they may be pretty happy with that of course they have lost Evan Funches over the last couple of months to the Colts so we'll see what happens um, you know as they as they move into it but again likely that they could be looking a little bit more uh, defensively when you look at what the opportunities are here and I, I think they aren't that far off. I don't think the record was as bad as it suggested down the stretch. I think Cam Newton's injury caused a lot more pain than they were letting on um, at the time of the season. So uh, the strong start, then the real fall away down the stretch, uh, I think this team could bounce back pretty pretty quickly. They did lose some key veterans on defense, and that's why I think we're going to see them going pretty much uh, heavy on defense through the, the first kind of five rounds. Uh, they do have five picks in the first four rounds, so I think they could do a lot of strengthening if they hit on two or three of those. Obviously, they're hoping to hit on five of them, but uh, that, that doesn't always happen. So round one, pick 16, round two, 47, round three, 77, then they have pick 100, a pick 115. So in those 115 first picks, five picks are going their way. I think we'll see them go uh, kind of defense uh, cornerback, defensive line or two positions, I think they need to improve on then they can really all all areas of the defense can be improved upon uh, and linebacker possibly to, to bring some depth there as well uh, they also have uh, 
you know the the offensive line has been an issue for them for a little bit of time and I know the tread of Cam running has opened things up for McCaffrey but it hasn't been based on you know fantastic offensive line play that those guys have been able to gain their yards so I think that's an area they'll look at and as I mentioned maybe later on looking at possibly uh, a running back maybe somebody like a, a Devin Singletary you know from uh, Florida Atlantic uh, running back possibly you could get him maybe in the fourth round of that 115th pick so I think they're kind of the areas I'd be looking at uh, defensive line or cornerback uh, or linebacker with those first two or three picks and then maybe um maybe an offensive lineman as well slotted in there um, if you're looking you know at who they could have at pick 16 maybe a Rashan Gray defensive lineman out of Michigan could be somebody um, I think this team isn't that far away you know it's one of those ones where a very good draft here could really propel them uh, into the mix in terms of the playoffs if they can get um, some traction this year with these rookies and the reason I think defense is somewhere you know I mentioned losing veteran pieces they've lost Thomas Davis and Julius Peppers when you look then around the team as well uh, they ranked 27th in the NFL last year in sacks so they need to get more pressure on the quarterback move him off the spot and that's why I think that kind of first or second round pick would be dedicated to uh, possibly the the defensive line and then a linebacker to try and get some of those pressures on the quarterback uh, try and help things there and uh, the secondary uh, is probably set you know in terms of who they have there so I, I think it's going to be a situation where we see them fix kind of more in the the mid to front of the defense at the, those early picks uh, looking forward to seeing how they can uh, step up and move forward this year so uh, it's going to be an interesting draft here for the Panthers I think it's it could be a big big draft for for them in their front office moving through then I guess the, the last team to wrap up here with is the Falcons and the Falcons have made some nice moves over the last couple of years but they've also made some questionable moves that haven't really worked out but def- defensively I think injuries have played a huge toll on them over the last couple of seasons and obviously uh, last year didn't work out for them in terms of what they would have uh, been hoping for uh, you know losing to the Super Bowl against the Patriots a couple of years back and then trying to, to get back to that spot again um, it's, it's kind of tough obviously Kyle Shanahan now at the 49ers we we know what happened with Steve Sarkeesian what's going to happen moving forward so we'll see um how it goes um the red zone woes were uh, kind of put in full display from the start of the the start, start of last season it was kind of a running theme then we've seen you know Julio wasn't able to get into the end zone and then he had the run of games where he was able to get in uh, on a regular basis so I still think there's a strong foundation here for this team Tevin Coleman also now out of town with the 49ers but there's a lot to like about this offense uh, and their defense as well and I think this could be a real real competitive uh, division i i always like to watch the nfc south and there was a long time where there was no back-to-back winners in this division every year there was changes and who was dominating so uh look look forward to this division each and every year and with the dome teams in the division uh usually leads to points and exciting games as well so uh, i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what atlanta do but when we look at the draft uh some of their needs i think when you're looking at it a bit like I talked about uh, with the Panthers I think a lot of their needs are defensive nearly exclusively defensively I think the offensive line is pretty good they're going to get uh, Devontae Freeman back and he should be healthy they have Edo Smith there uh, to back him up I think overall you know Calvin Ridley impressed me uh, as a rookie had some very big games some quieter games but as a first year player I think he'd done enough to uh, you know really impress me there Austin Hooper I think he's somebody I've always been a fan of and I always talk about tight ends making that step forward you know third fourth year in the league and he's somebody who I think developed a little bit last year I don't think he's ever going to be uh, you know a real real top 
end tight end but he's somebody who's definitely serviceable when you're looking around with players like Julio Jones and if you have Calvin Ridley and his speed on the outside so we'll see what other ways they go and beef up on the the offense but I think they're pretty set there you know the quarterback and Matt Ryan I don't think there's a lot that they need to chase I think it'll just be to strengthen and maybe a bit of depth and around uh, the offensive line and then to fill out the other positions behind their starters uh, but when you look at it I think the the defensive side of the ball really uh, is where they're going to look and again like I mentioned uh, with the uh, w- with the Panthers they also have five picks in the in the first uh, four rounds all the way up to pick 137 so they do pick number 14 then 45 then 79 then 117 and 137 uh, I think that they really need to go nearly all defensive uh, throughout these rounds um, I think we're going to see them look at you know defensive tackle edge so pretty much all up front in terms of the defensive side you might see them go um, offensive line with maybe one of these picks maybe in that third round somebody like a, a Ben Powers out of Oklahoma they may just look to add in and to, to solidify uh, the offensive line a little bit more but when you look at it I really think they need to go defensive heavy I think you know edge D-tackle linebacker and safety are key areas in need uh, that they can develop uh, I think we'll probably see them use those either edge or uh, DT uh, picks or uh, for those picks on those positions in the first two rounds depending on how players obviously drop in the draft and who they like they may switch that around but I think those first three picks uh, will be likely defensive picks unless as I mentioned they go offensive line and maybe a Ben Powers in that third round that would be the only change I would get there I, I really think it needs to be defensive heavy from them here if you're looking at who they could go for a defensive tackle, somebody maybe like a Ed Oliver uh, could be in, in play out of Houston, but the problem's going to be there. I, I don't think it'll make it to 14. So it's uh, so, some sometimes with these drafts, you can do a mock draft. You can have them, you know, going at eight or nine. You have another draft, and he could go all the way down to 20. So it's hard to pick, and obviously based on each team's uh, board heading into it. But that's where I'm looking to for them to strengthen all around the, the defensive side. When I mentioned again ranking in sacks for the Panthers uh, you know if, if you can get to the quarterback you know get those sacks obviously leads to less scoring drives for the offense leads to more opportunities to create turnovers it's just something that is very very important and I think uh, their pass rush really did uh, did drop off um, last year they, they ranked 22nd in sacks so I think that's really where they need to try and strengthen things up and uh, as I mentioned last year the, the injuries to Keanu Neal and Dion uh, Jones really uh made them struggle last year so I think all things considered these teams in this division there's a lot of talented players and a lot of skillful players where I think this could be the best division in football in 2019 and as I mentioned it's always a division that excites me so this draft I'll have a, a very close eye on these teams both for uh, an NFL perspective and of course where we think players can uh, work out in fantasy but when you look around these rosters in terms of the skill positions and the fantasy players that we talk about on a, a daily and weekly basis a lot of these players I think are probably pretty secure in where they are in their spots uh, but of course we have to pay attention to all positions and what things happen because again that's going to give opportunities to develop maybe your second on the depth chart come week one but come week four you have the opportunity to break out and be a starter so listening to Rotoviz Radio and all our content go into the site for Rotoviz. it'll give you all uh, that inside information you need to be able to dominate your 
Fantasy Championships in 2019, but I think it's going to be a, a good one uh, heading into it. I think we'll see a lot more defensive moves for the teams in this division, but uh, we have to cover everything to make sure we know what's happening from an offensive side and a defensive side of the ball. So I hope there was some good information in there that was able to benefit you on today's show. Just before I let you go, I want to let you know about the Rotoviz NFL Pass. As a loyal listener to the show, you can get a 30% discount to an NFL Pass. That is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The draft is almost here. Make the most of it by getting the inside scoop on some of these very, very talented rookies coming in, who you want to get and who you may want to avoid in terms of dynasty prospects as we head into the 2019 NFL season. Once again, that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. So with that, that's going to wrap it all up here for the NFC South edition of the show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And until we're back with another edition of the series, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Radio NFL Draft Preview Series. Please rate and review Rotoviz Radio on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by getting a 30% discount through Rotoviz NFL Pass through the Rotoviz Radio homepage at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.